Hi everybody, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life and today I'm very excited to have um, my professor of ceramics, Mr. Jensen, who taught me ceramics, ceramic sculpture, how to throw on the wheel. So Mr. Jensen, thank you so much for being here and talking with me today. Actually, I'm here with you, <laughs> so I guess I should I clarify. Yeah, I was going to say this is our house. <laughs> Sorry. But it, it, it's, it's a pleasure to see you again and be with you again and everything and thank you for thank you for inviting us oh wonderful well can you talk a little bit more about yourself and share that with the audience I can talk about anything <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding but um, so I'll give you a little background I grew up in Wisconsin mm -hmm. so I was born in Wisconsin mm -hmm. and there uh, there are four boys and two girls in the family, and I just found out last week I have a half sister that I didn't know about. Haven't met her yet. And then my my dad was a lawyer, and he went to Notre Dame, and then he went to the University of Wisconsin. And my mother was a teacher. She taught school for twenty years, and raised the seven kids. And this is actually probably a good thing. This can sound a little strange, but she died about six weeks ago. But oh, she was so just about 98, oh. and she was in lockdown and assisted living, and she, she'd been ready to okay. die. I shouldn't say it like that, but for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So I never really thought that I could be at peace, you know, when she died. I thought it'd be a couple of years I'd be like kind of a basket case, because we were very close, and Linda's very close with her. So that was, uh, you know, difficult, but at the same time, she was very much ready so we had a good family in a relatively small town and uh, went to 12 years of Catholic school and then went to the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, and didn't know what I wanted to major in. I was majoring in philosophy and I'm not still not quite sure why, <laughs> but I liked the lectures and those type things. Then I took a photo class just by chance and it was like I immediately knew that this was the field that I wanted to be in. So anyway, I grew up in Wisconsin, and uh, I have a brother who's a physician's assistant, and one who's a software engineer, and one who's a pharmacist, and you know they're all something like that. Nobody's an artist. <laughs> so when I was like coming up with this idea, I thought, well, I, you know, my father would kind of be okay with it. I'm sure he was okay with it, but it's not a, you know, the profession that most of my family had had gone into. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it took me a little while to figure out that that's really what I wanted to do. And also, you know, when I was graduating from undergraduate school, you get to this point where there's a, a reality that occurs where you're graduating, mm -hmm. and then what are you going to do? Yes. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe I'd like to teach. So I got a degree in art education and uh, liked it pretty much. Mm -hmm. You know, I taught high school, as I said, for a couple of years. And I wasn't like crazy about it. I thought that you know working at a uh, university level would work a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So I went out to Arizona. Uh, I had a professor who told me that schools in Arizona were good, so I went to Arizona and uh, worked for a couple years there teaching. Worked in a steel mill, did all kinds of crazy mm -hmm. stuff to establish residency, and then applied to. Arizona State, which is about 60,000 students, and then University of Arizona, about 40,000 students. And fortunately, I got into both of them and ended up at the University of Arizona in painting. I 
started out in painting and then ended up switching over to what was called combined media, which is ceramics, in this case, ceramic sculpture and painting. And that's uh, what I got my degree in, my MFA. And then, um, then I was looking for a job and I was fortunate enough, I was really the only one in my class to get a full-time job, you know, up, right out of school. Wow. So that's how I ended up here at Armstrong. Really? And then Linda was hired the same year, um, okay. so we didn't know each other. Oh, okay. And there are, I don't know, 100 or 150 people, you know, that apply for each position. Wow. So we were the lucky ones. Wow. And then uh, Linda took one look at me and thought, I want this man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not really. It was the other way around. I want this woman. But, you know, we, we had a wonderful relationship when we first met each other and spent a lot of time together. And and now we've been married, what, 60 years? I'm just kidding you. 33 years. We have two kids, and they're adopted, and they're both in their 20s. And so we live here on the Isle of Hope, and uh, we've had... You know, nothing's perfect, but we've had a wonderful life, and we absolutely loved teaching at mm -hmm. Armstrong, and it was just a great experience. And you know, you you were there, so you experienced some of it. And and I'm I'm going off track, but maybe not. But I'm so thankful uh -huh. that somehow I decided or was able to get into art, yeah. because that was like not for me. It wasn't like I wasn't thinking of that when mm -hmm. I was younger. And when I first started uh, in art, uh, in with the idea that maybe I'd teach at a university, I yeah. kind of thought, well, I should be a doctor, I should be a lawyer, mm -hmm. I should be, you know, this isn't important enough. And now in retrospect, you know, I'm very thankful. I know how important it is. I know how much people need this creativity and experience in studios and how much it can help in terms of quality of life for mm. so many people. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful life. Yeah, it's, um, I was so glad that I, w I was so nervous to take your class because I'd never done any kind of ceramics or sculpture. And it was a little terrifying because I've always done like painting and drawing or sure. photography. But um, I really loved how you ran your class. You were very calm. I still remember when I accidentally, you were doing rack through pizza night and I was helping taking things out of the, uh, the count. And I had those tongs and I was horrified. I dropped the piece. You were so calm and so <laughs> generous about it. And because of that experience, you're... I was always very calm with my students when they broke something or made a mistake. I was like, that's part of the learning process. You didn't mean to do it. You learn from that, and this is how we fix it. And um, uh, my students were like, oh, she's okay with it. She didn't freak out. And so, okay, it, it's going to yeah. happen. Isn't and so that, you're yeah. willing to you carry on things that you've experienced because no, of that with I your mean, students. That, that's really neat to hear that uh -huh. because... You know, I mean, you, what you do is you, you kind of go from your personality and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I just believe that ev everything's a learning process. So then you were passing that on down to your, your students. Yeah. So, so you don't have to get mad. You don't have to get excited. Yeah. You just say, okay, I've done that. We all do things like that. Yeah. That's just part of life. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I thought that was really generous. And I love the fact that you had such a wide variety of students. Um, after at Studio Eyes, I found that some of your older students were probably some of the most passionate art students 
and they were generous. They would just be talking to me and be like, well, try this. They were, and I can't remember their name. I feel bad that I don't remember some of their names, but they were so generous. They'd be like, well, sometimes I try this because it just helps me out. And mm-hmm. like, and I was like, oh, thank you. And because I was very tentative, I didn't know what I was doing. And they yeah. would just kind of take you under their wing and they'd be like, you know, yeah. And it was very a calming, peaceful atmosphere. So you just really wanted to spend time there, not only because you had assigned us work, but it was just, it was fun to be there. It was really just like, wow, this is, like I probably would have changed my major if I'd had you sooner (laughs) as a professor, seriously. So that experience is amazing. I would hear that with with regularity because 98 I'm exaggerating a little bit of the students come in with drawing and painting yeah. background. That's what they've done. Yeah. They haven't done any real sculpture with clay mm-hmm. or even often on the wheel. So my problem sometimes yeah. would be it'd be the last semester because they would be nervous about taking clay related oh. classes and they'd take it and they'd be like, this is what I really love. That's actually what happened to me. You know, I thought, I mean, I like, I like painting and I was, Uh you know, I love painting, I guess. And then I started doing ceramic pieces. And when I was at the University of Arizona, there was a kind of famous uh, ceramic sculptor from Philadelphia named Mark Burns. And he painted on clay. So this is like, this is like the early 80s. And this was a new idea. You know, people weren't, they were always glazing and it was like pottery and... And I thought he put up a little cryptic sign in the fine arts building that said, advertising for a class, paint on clay in this <laughs> class. And I thought, yeah, I'd like to paint on clay. So I took that class and I was like, this is it. This is really what I want to do. Um, so that was a that was a huge influence for me, for me in terms of the direction my career went. And the other thing that was so good for me was that I did have a painting background, which was pretty good. And, you know, I did have a background in sculpture, more traditional sculpture. And uh, and then, you know, I had the ceramics. So initially, like a lot of young students are, I was kind of all over the place exploring, yeah. which is what you should be doing, you know, when you're an undergraduate student. And, but at that time, I'm kind of like thinking, is this a good idea? Mm-hmm. And it is, or was, because it's like all this stuff is like a confluence of things that come together. And if you work on it long enough, they work together. So when you first start out, you're kind of like trying to put things together a little bit more so. So that was a critical part of my career is the Uh fact that, you know, I had to actually, when I was in graduate school, when you go to graduate school, you know, as you know, you have to apply in an area. So I applied in painting. Uh But then you can't just say, oh, I think I'll do ceramics. Okay. You know, you have to yeah. reapply. So yeah. that's very traumatic. Oh, you, well, I'm, yeah. you know, it worked out fine. But yeah. at the same, at the time, I'm going, am I crazy? Uh, I'm in the program. Yeah. You know, things are going well. Yeah. And now I want to switch over to this. And so I'm so thankful that I did that. And that's one reason I ended up at Armstrong is oh. because I could teach, and Linda could too, all oh, these areas. You know, like the 3D and the 2D yeah. and, you know, all the foundation classes. And mm-hmm. so that, that fit me. That's awesome. Good. 
That's great. Well, I'm so grateful that you did choose that because I just had a wonderful time in your class. And I know so many other students, like I still talk to some of them who went through the art education program yeah. at Armstrong. And they were like, or even my, um, oh, even the teacher that I mentored with, we would talk about like, oh yeah, Professor Jensen's class is just so much fun. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So it's just, um, it, it's just amazing to see somebody who's t just created that kind of atmosphere to create oh, that you. kind of a legacy with their teaching that because I always think with teaching it's not necessarily that you're you can physically always see things I know it was really something that took almost like 10 years into teaching that I realized this it's like it's those relationships you you are teaching you are informing students and helping them grow but it, it's even better when you develop this kind of relationship where you're you're encouraging them and you're creating this positive ad atmosphere because then they want to come back and they want to share with you they want to learn more stuff they're enthusiastic they're just so you know they share that passion of what that, you're teaching that is what it's about and it's about you know like you can't fake it mm -hmm. you know like linda and i are both even at our and i don't mean this in a bad mm -hmm. way you know we're quite a bit older mm -hmm. but as soon as you leave we're going into our studios <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing with yeah, you, but yeah. I mean, we're very serious yeah. artists yes. working all the time. And the chemistry in the classroom, mm -hmm. it's like mimics life. You mm -hmm. know, if things are positive, mm -hmm. if you can be very supportive, but also a good teacher in terms of giving good suggestions. So it's, it's a mix of having the skill uh, to actually create art and then actually having the I guess the love of people and students so that you can do it in a in a positive way people know it mm -hmm. and it just makes everything better so yeah. it's been good and, and Linda's done the same thing she just oh, has yeah. had a booming photo program for oh, with same wow. type of thing with so many students and adult students like I've had um, so it's been a it's been a really good situation for both of us because I went and I visited you and I I was amazed by how much the program had grown like you had two rooms I just I was like wow it's like it's the the space and the studio spaces for the students and I know that that was because you advocated for your students but also because your students had enjoyed the experience they had in your classroom that they want to advocate for it as well because they know that they're getting you know, it's that once again that intangible thing that yeah. they're getting, and they they want to enjoy. Yeah. More Did you ever that. see the one room space that we had? Probably not in the fine arts hall. Oh, yeah. not in the building. I, I, were you, did you take all your classes in the new annex or not? No. You took it in that small the, one. Yeah. Okay. That's why I was just like, whoa. I was just yeah. like, my so, eyes got big. So it was like, like five whoa. or eight times bigger, and exactly. it's just a. Abs you know, mm -hmm. as you know, it's an absolutely beautiful space. It is. And, uh, you know, people would say, how'd you get that? And uh -huh. I'm like, I don't know, just try to have a really good program. Mm -hmm. And they came to me and said, you know, would you like a new facility? A long time ago, oh. like 20 years ago. Okay. And it kept, the plans mm -hmm. literally fell through three or four really? times. And, you know, like somebody would say, well, aren't, aren't you upset about that? And it's like what we talked mm -hmm. about earlier. Uh, -uh. Yeah. you know it's like this is kind of the way it works if yeah. it's meant to be and I'm not trying to be too philosophical yeah. it'll be mm -hmm. and so 
at the very end, you know, by, by the end, I mean, when this was actually going to be built, constructed, okay. um, it was a far better plan and uh -huh. space than any, uh, any of the others. Okay. And, you know, I've told this to people, if I would have gotten upset or mad uh -huh. in any way, yeah. they wouldn't have done it. Wow. You know, they'd be like, okay. and this is one of the things I've learned in okay. life. If they like you, if people like you, you know, they aren't going to admit this, but you'll pretty much get what you want. So mm -hmm. even with that, uh -huh. in like when you're teaching, you aren't going to get it right away. Mm -hmm. But if they like you, they want to support you. Sure. But if they don't like you, and again, they're never going to tell you this. Uh, they aren't giving you that stuff. Yeah. They, aren't gonna, they aren't going to work on your behalf. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it isn't like you're trying to be dishonest. Mm -hmm. You just try to be yourself and be a nice person and... You know, if you have that genetic package or whatever, that works out better. Yes. Well, some people, you know, they get upset, they get mad, and you know, then that that doesn't work so well. So, so that's kind of what how that how that developed, and I couldn't believe it myself. It was no. amazing, and it was just so showcased the student work beautifully. One of your uh, students, who I think you introduced me to, she took me around and. It was great to see, like, what you as a teacher would want. Like, she, the way she toured it was like she took a sense of ownership. Like, yeah. like you know, like, this is my studio space. This is how I want. And you go like, wow. But that's also, I feel like that's a part of that teaching culture. Like, how you transmit that to your students. or Because it's not really like, I don't, I don't know. Because it wasn't like you sat down and these are the behaviors that I want from you. Yeah. I think that was amazing. You just, your presence, you just, yeah. you kind of knew and how you ran your class. Like, you know, well, I want you to feel like you belong here. I want you to feel like, and you help out, you unload the kiln, you help, uh, I don't even remember what the process was, but you know, the, the clay that was put into yeah, the trash recycling bin, the recycling clay. with yeah. clay, yeah. you know, feel ownership and also like, you know, just cleaning up after yourself, make sure. And it was always clean. It wasn't like anybody left their stuff out. Nobody ever messed with anybody's stuff. Everybody was very respectful. Yeah, and it's sort of interesting. You know, we have a uh -huh. new department head, and they have ceramics over yeah. at Statesboro. And okay. so the department head came over, and he said, how do you keep this so clean? <laughs> he said, I want to talk to the other professor who is, you know, teaches ceramics because the room is... Not so clear. Oh, okay. And basically, it's sort of like what you said. I mean, have a really good lab assistant, mm -hmm. but they aren't going to necessarily do it. It's sort of like, you know, people have to have pride in the space. And I always tell students um, that to do really good work in mm -hmm. clay, you have to work almost surgically. I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like you got stuff thrown all over the place. Yeah. You know, in a way, some of the time when you're working, you can be loose and, you know, you can have plenty of clay on the floor and stuff, but then yeah. you kind of get regrouped. Mm -hmm. And that carries over into the quality of the work that you're doing. So, so that's, that's really key. And, you know, like I probably was, I don't know if I was doing this when you were there or not, but like. Linda and I kind of invented this. The first day of class, you know, students would interview one another. That, I love that. That yeah. was really great. And so they would take down notes on mm -hmm. a three by five card and we'd find out about people because mm -hmm. everybody would, has been in a class where you get to the last day, you don't know anybody in the class. Mm -hmm. So the chemistry was set up by that experience. 
and then you know people are comfortable mm -hmm. and i i'll tell people that we're you know it's a fair amount of time but this is important because we want that chemistry established i expect if you're doing well on the wheel to help other people on the wheel we're working together mm -hmm. to make this as good of an experience as you can and then i started out with uh I just have certain things that I would cover the first couple days okay. and one would be I'd say what what do you think are the most important things that you can do to make this a good experience to create really good art you know what are what are things that are important well obviously attendance being there on time and or being there early and then we'd always emphasize craftsmanship so they'd get a grade on that and the key with this is everything needs to be crafted well mm -hmm. so even if you're doing a little pot that's mm -hmm. very basic that needs to be really crafted well so mm -hmm. so i can't as an instructor drop that okay. i mean a lot of times you can say we're working on this mm -hmm. and then you don't bring it up again for a couple months oh. and then they, then yeah. some of them remember but mm -hmm. and then you know creativity so how do you become more creative and the thing i've learned with creativity it's not luck or anything mm -hmm. like that. I used to look at, you know, like creativity as a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And some of it's a little bit of a gift. But I'd look at people that were dressed kind of funky and I'd think, oh, they must be very creative. But it's in your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's like you make a decision to explore things. I even make lists of things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. New projects and new pieces and new techniques. So that takes, um, th it's not just luck. Yeah. There's a discipline involved in it. Mm -hmm. And then I can go on and on, but I'll, I'll do one or two more. But mm -hmm. talk about passion. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do really great stuff, you have to have passion. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't have passion. Mm -hmm. So how do you get passion? And, you know, who knows for sure how you get yeah. it. But you, number one, you have to want to have it. Mm -hmm. You have to work hard. You have to trust that you're going to find it. You have to explore. So it might not have been, like for me, it wasn't painting by mm -hmm. itself, but it was painting on clay. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be willing to be open and take some chances. And that's, along with the craftsmanship, really, you know, two of the key things, the craftsmanship and the creativity, and living this life that's full of passion, you know, what I always say is the world is full, or there are an awful lot of people that are mm -hmm. unfortunately doing what they have to do, we all do, mm -hmm. to make yeah. ends meet, yeah. you know, to take care of business. Sure. But the objective is to be passionate about what you do, mm -hmm. to head, point yourself in that direction, and the whole world changes. Mm -hmm. And I'll say to students, like that first day of class, think about this. for. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to think mm -hmm. about this. What are you passionate about if you're, if you're passionate about something? And why are you passionate about it? Because this is the stuff, the subject matter often for artwork mm -hmm. that will make all the difference in the world for you. So if you're into pets yeah. or nature or flowers yeah. or whatever, um, those are passions and they, they enrich life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fortunately for us, you know, we have quite a few passions, but, you know, one's art. So it's like we're not faking it. You know, if we were faking it, we wouldn't be doing it at this age. And we're not a hundred or anything like that. But we've been doing it a while. 
And a lot of people wane, you know, as they get 50, 60 or whatever, they're not doing as much, especially professors, you know, that's not us. <laughs> I, I marvel at how you are so disciplined that you make the time for it. Cause I asked you like, how do you do that? Cause you, you have so many other, you know, just life responsibilities and you know, like you just go in and do it. And I was just like, Oh, that's amazing. It's like, it's just it's so ingrained. It's because we love it. But yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'll brag a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm into this training all the time. And I rode okay. my bike 80 miles yesterday. So I pretty much do that. <laughs> Every Saturday, wow. every Tuesday and okay. Thursday, do 50 miles. Yeah. And now every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I have a couple friends who swim two miles in the river. So wow. that's always been a huge part of yeah. my life. Okay. And yeah. that helps the art, okay. the teaching. And, you know, for me, it's a very important part mm -hmm. of who I am. Linda walks an hour every day. Oh, we were doing nice. yoga three times a week. So wow. we, we have very similar yeah. type things that are important. And uh, I'm like crazy about plants. Oh, I mean, you can yeah. see that out there. Oh, so, wow. so I spend wow. a lot of time with plants wow. and I have a passion for it, yeah. you know. So those things to me are just, I'm, I feel very fortunate to love that kind of stuff. and. Yeah. So when you're looking for a passion, yeah. you don't know how you're going to find mm -hmm. it. And unfortunately, and, and commonly, yeah. a lot of young people don't have any passion. You know, it might be video gaming, but okay. that's a that's more of a drug than a passion. <laughs> I can agree with you. I got a son who just can't quit, and I just they all oh. can't quit. I, and I'm I don't I'm not trying to be negative yeah. because yeah. it's a different generation. That's true. But that's true. You know. In, in my very biased way, yeah. I, I'll say, unless you're going to be a programmer or a game designer, there's no real future in it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I'll be a little, I can be nutty on here, right? It's, oh, yeah. It's kind of like smoking pot. There's no real future <laughs> in it. It might be a little bit of fun, you know. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, I mean, I'm, I'm being silly. I smoked yeah. pot, you know, when I was younger. And after yeah. a while, I thought, I don't think this is a good direction for me in terms of career. You know, so oh, and it's it's just one of those things. It is it's a different generation, and it's but it amazes me that you you do so well with a wide range of ages. Because when I step in your classroom, even even that just that recent time, uh -huh. you had students who are like in their twenties up to already retired, and they're coming <laughs> back for your class. Like I talked to one lady. This was when I was in your class. She's like, "This is the third time I've taken this class," and I was like, "Wow, that." says volumes yeah well like, my, how do you do that my joke i don't know but <laughs> but my joke yeah. and linda had yeah. linda yeah. literally had the same yeah. thing we'd get a, a student who was in 62 plus program yeah. who would take ceramics or take photography and we loved them mm -hmm. but they take one class and i'm being a little nutty when i say this yeah. but then you couldn't get rid of them <laughs> <laughs> they because they it. they were often retired uh -huh. And they were looking for something mm -hmm. that they could be passionate about. Mm -hmm. So they would take one class and they go, like, oh, my God. You know, like yeah, so many people, it. I didn't really understand this was an option. Yeah, they and loved it. So, you know, Linda and I have been very much the same in terms of teaching young people or teaching older people or anybody in between. But, like, 
you know, just for honesty's sake, mm -hmm. the students, and I'm not trying to be negative here at all, but they've just changed dramatically. Okay. You know, in 20, my example I use is 20 years ago, I would have said, who wants to learn how to mix clay? Mm -hmm. You know, which is a physical activity. Oh, it is. And I, but it was good. Like, if you need to lose some weight, <laughs> you can just do that. Yeah. You recycle some clay. And I was like, wow, you can get some upper body. That's probably yeah. what I need to get back to. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, I, we would say that and there'd be like half the students' mm -hmm. hands would go up. I want to do that. Yeah. Now you do it. and I can get somebody to do it. Yeah. But there'll be one or two people who'll be like, I guess so. <laughs> and... That's a big part of learning art, yes. and it's also really good to be physical, to be physically fit. Mm -hmm. You know, what's happening, you said this, you know, or we were talking about this idea of the new smoking is sitting. Yes. So our, in our culture, everybody's sitting around, mm -hmm. so that leads to, this is my bias coming out, i got yeah. plenty of it. Uh, <laughs> so the sitting yes. leads to putting on weight exactly <laughs> so that leads to less activity mm -hmm. and then that leads to depression mm -hmm. so yes. those are all intertwined and very understandable and common to understand that young people don't understand that mm -hmm. you know we've had to learn that in our lifetime yes. and then the other component in that that's a problem is don't eat any kind of breakfast and then go get a coke you know, in some yeah. kind of like sugaring thing. And, you know, I'll, I do some of that. I'm yeah. not perfect or anything like that. Yeah. But you wake up, have a cigarette and a Coke mm -hmm. and some kind of donut, you're going to have a headache. <laughs> I mean, you know, in an hour or two. And so there would be a lot of times people that don't make that connection. So here's why this is important. Lifestyle is really important. Mm -hmm. We want to be healthy. We yeah. want to be strong. We want to be psychologically healthy yeah. for all kinds of reasons. Yes. But one is to make art. Yes. You aren't going to make good art if you're, you know, have poor physical health or, you know, if you're depressed. And I've been depressed. I'm not perfect or anything yeah. like that. But it's like do what you can to be the best possible person you can be. And do what you can to help others and make the world a better place. And then your art and everything becomes better, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, those are wise words. I've had to make some switches in my own lifestyle because of all this virus change and just kind of being shuttered in my home. I'm just like, I now exercise an hour the first thing I get. My mood is better. I'm more productive. I'm just in general happier and I want to face making my artwork and I agree with you I think there's this assumption about like art is always going to be there's never like any parts that you don't necessarily want to do like even with I've, I've made thousands of bad drawings but every time I'm like I want to do better I need to learn this skill set I've kind of put away like oh I was okay at perspective but I really want to delve in deeper I want to be better and stronger at this but I made like a lot of bad drawings that weren't so successful in order to figure out my mistakes and then make improvements on it. Well, so. I think that's the key yeah. to creating better art, the key to living a better life, too. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is if I have something that does not work out, I mean, it's taken a long time to get to this point. Yeah. So I'm being a little silly when I say yeah. this. Most things work out for me at sure, this point. Yeah. But every now and then... 
Like I'm working yeah. on something right now for my son. These uh, Shisa foo dogs that are Japanese. They're okay. these guardian lion dog things, cool. you know, that are common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'll yeah, recognize yeah. them. And he wanted to, uh, I'm not down with him. You'll probably okay. see him, but he wanted them painted kind of like yeah. the color of terracotta. Yeah. And it's like, I wasn't cra crazy about it. Uh, and I'm still painting on it, but my point is to corroborate what you're saying every single thing you do if you look at it in a philosophical way where like this is part of me i'm learning from this i'm getting better mm -hmm. um and i was just telling a friend a little while ago and um like i had somebody call me a couple days ago wanting me to do this backsplash you know yeah. behind a sink uh -huh. but it was going to be she wanted it to look like the tiles in a um, subway station. Okay. So basic shapes and kind of like Mondrian or something oh. like that, like little a few little colored pieces, in like twenty-seven square feet. Wow. And but not any real complexity or carving or anything yeah. like that. So I don't like to do this because I'm a I'm a people pleaser and she's yeah. a friend of mine. But I told her no. Mm -hmm. And then a month ago, I had a woman that was saying this too, who both of her parents have died recently. So yeah. she wanted me to do a couple urns. Okay. And I've done a number of urns yeah. recently. You know, as you get older, more people, you know, die. Bad joke, yeah. but it's really true. And so I said, I need some input on this. And the more input I get, you know, like what, what were they interested in? What would you like? The name, the dates, mm -hmm. they have a favorite little quote. And so she gets back with me and she said, well, I really just like mom written on one mm -hmm. and dad written on the other. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. You know, like what happens in 50 years with mom? Meaning, you know, her name is not on it. There's no provenance, okay. no dates. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll probably do something because he was a good friend of mine. But I'm like, I'm a little bit. I want to learn something from what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I want a little bit of, obviously, a challenge. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I mean, you could probably just go online and buy one that says mom. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how I got onto that. but yeah. No, so. it's it's fascinating. You're constantly, you know, pushing yourself because I'd see, like, those full-size sculptures or, like, those are so complex. And to me, it's just, like, so challenging. But you're always constantly trying to push yourself to you know, the next level. I mean, I don't even know what you're, you know, because I feel, I feel like, oh, Professor Jensen, he's already at that level. But well, you would you bring another thing and you'd be yeah. like, oh, I'm working on this. And I'd be like, whoa, I thought the last thing was really yeah. challenging. See, I, I think the thing to me yeah. is it's like a discipline. Mm -hmm. And you, I tell students, you know, you can kind of repeat some things. Then you get to a point yeah. where you're like, when, when, you're, when you have it, sort of down, you know, you, you've got some real skill with that, then it's very important to go on and take some chances and to do something so it it's make, be, continues to be a dynamic process. Okay. And, you know, I do these filigree pots where I carve them and stuff. Yeah, Everybody loves them. They are beautiful. Well, but at the same time, oh. you do enough of them, I got to do something else okay. because they become... Yeah. They're not boring, 
but they're boring in the sense that I, I could do them the rest of my life and sell them. Uh -huh. That's not that's not what I'm thinking of in terms of being an artist. Mm -hmm. So so it takes courage. I tell this to students all the time. To be a good artist, it takes some real courage. So it's not, not just craftsmanship and creativity. You have to be willing to do some things you're uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. If you're uncomfortable with it, you're probably not going to like it, number one, because it's yeah. new. Yeah. Um, but it's going to lead to something. Yeah. And it's like if you're comfortable, that's fine to do. But it's like for me, it's mm -hmm. much more important to be like exploring different areas. So that's why... You know, I got into working on the wheel, and I got into doing portraits, and I got into doing ceramic sculpture, and um, because it was for me what I needed in terms of a rich artistic career, not just the same thing or a similar thing. Mm -hmm. So everybody's different, you know, and uh, but that's what works for me. Yeah, I was wondering if there was any tips that you could give as far as your teaching, because I found I loved the, the the handouts that you gave me. I found that anybody who's really good at teaching because they've been taught for so long, they'll be like, "There's will be the top ten things." And I love the little handout you gave me for the sculpture. These are the things you're gonna probably run into problems with when you start a head a bust. Yeah, and that was great. So, like, how did you? I guess, how did you figure out, like, that would be helpful for educating your students? You know, how long did it take you before you had your list of, like, things that that help students improve faster and accelerate their learning? Yeah. Um, it's just an ongoing process, uh -huh. you know. And I remember when I first taught high school, yeah. I think I learned this in about two days. Yeah. I needed to get more organized. And okay. I needed to have a system of keeping track of things. Uh -huh. So I got a little notebook that was probably two and a half by four inches. Okay. And I had that with me all the time. Uh -huh. In fact, Linda, I've got a card in front of the computer okay. with the stuff I'm doing today. Okay. I do this, and we'll see this in a second. Okay. So it's a three by five card. Okay. I fold it in half the, the vertical way. Okay. So there's two columns. Uh -huh. I write you know, like six point font, real small. <laughs> and I make like today, you know, I made a list and you're on it too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just to make sure that I wouldn't forget. But I'd make a list yeah. of what my objectives are for oh, the day. Okay. So well this this is this is this is the one. So oh, it's wow. like this it is, is tiny. This is, this is but but this is today. <laughs> oh wow. So it's like stretch yoga, work on my words, pay oh. bills, empty the dishwasher, write a letter of recommendation. I started at six. Oh wow. Write a letter of recommendation for a student, order this new um, router. I mean, oh. so you can see there's a long list okay. of stuff. So if you're not organized, yeah. you're going to be completely lost okay. when you're teaching, okay. number one. Okay. And probably more important than that is chemistry, okay. as, like we already talked about, mm -hmm. is having people feel comfortable, know one another. Um, I think a really important thing is for them to understand that you really care about them. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not just there to just... We're teaching much more than art, you know that? Mm -hmm. We're teaching life. Yeah. And we're just using the medium of art. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing, I guess, is the fact that as you age, 
you know, we learn, you know, we never know, know everything, mm -hmm. but we learn some things that we can pass on. Mm -hmm. And so if people are receptive, you know, some of them will be like hanging on every word. Some of them will be, they're not ready, you know, and they're, you know, and so we're all like that in different ways. But establishing that chemistry is really important. Having them know that you support them, being organized. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess in terms of projects and stuff like that, in the, we're talking in the art world, having objectives. So you're not just doing stuff. And it's like, so what are we going for here? So one thing we're always going for is craftsmanship, excellent craftsmanship, creativity, and then the specific things that you're doing in projects, you know, like, you know, like if it were a coil pot, it needs to be 12 inches tall, needs to be visually light, needs to be highly refined, it needs something that really makes it special. And then you, you can't drop it as an instructor. You know, like students, you can give them those objectives, and then a week later, you know, you can ask them, what are the objectives? And they look at you like, what objectives? <laughs> so you have to emphasize <laughs> that this is what we're going to be okay. working on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important, like in my area, yeah. to teach terminology, you know, to show the equipment, to give a good tour. So if you do go on, you know, and you're teaching high school and they want you to teach ceramics, you aren't going to know everything, but you have you have enough information and some basic information about kilns and stuff like that. And then I think it's important to have a test, you know, because that gives you significant incentive to study study the stuff. The terms. And I think what. No, I don't want my syllabus. That's my wife. <laughs> She's keeping you on track. She's keeping me on track, or or off track, or whatever. I'm just I'm just playing with you. Um, and then let's see what else we're teaching. You know, having a space that people like you talked about that want to be in that space, and we even do things like I'll have people that love to bake. And I mean, they want to bake. Mm -hmm. I think last semester in one class I had three, and they were oh. fighting over baking cakes for people that had birthdays. Oh, so we, that's so sweet. Well, but we would do that. It, it just was yeah. such a positive thing. Yeah. I mean, people couldn't believe it. And yeah. um, but everybody in the class enjoyed it. I think mm -hmm. the work would be better. Exactly. You know, it, it, so you're you're creating that kind of environment. Yeah. Um, and then I think another important thing that happens is you get some students that really do great work. Mm -hmm. I'll show you some pictures in a little bit, but yeah. I had a student who did this piece. Maybe I sent it to you. I don't know. Bad Buddha. That was huge. Yeah, and it I was met, the, wasn't she the model? I don't mean to cut you off. Was uh, she the model that when I came in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. she's like Kip. such a tiny little person. And yeah. then she made this giant sculpture. And, and the sculpture was Bad Buddha oh. holding a martini glass yeah. and a piece of pizza. Yeah. And she started out with 1,100 pounds of clay. Oh. So what happens, one of the people that want to teach, yeah. <laughs> when they called me last week, uh -huh. said, She's just learning how to teach. So this is a good question, yeah. but this is like yeah. pretty much impossible to answer. Mr. Jensen, how do you get students to make such fantastic work? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> and so the deal with 
kind of the deal with that yeah. is, you know, you can see students who are, the way I put it, is mm -hmm. on fire. Mm -hmm. They love it. She you know, loved it. She loves it. They'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I was actually talking to this friend this morning about yeah. this, how, you know, I'd say to somebody mm -hmm. who's really into clay, like, when you wake up in the middle of the night, what are you thinking about? You know, you're thinking about your girlfriend or your boyfriend <laughs> or sports or football. Yeah. And the answer needs to be, doesn't need to be, but my ceramics project. Yeah. So then you know, mm -hmm. the term that I use is you're like on fire. Mm -hmm. So you've got yeah. this burning thing in you where that's what you want to do when you get up. So, you know, not that many people are going to have that, but some are. And like this girl that did this yeah. Buddha, 1,100 pounds solid when it was made, uh, she had done a, a very small version, you know, like oh, about eight inches okay. tall. And she came to me and said, Mr. Jensen, how big do you think I should make this? This is for her senior show. Mm -hmm. And I took my arms and I spread them as wide as I could. Oh, and I stood up, you know, and it was like a seated Buddha, you know, yeah. five feet tall. And the beautiful thing about students who are on fire, yeah. who have made some pieces yeah. that are quite good, you know, yeah. so they're ready, is they'll look at you, this is the beauty of youth, and they'll say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, so, and then, so you have a sense whether or not they could actually do it, because you, you wouldn't say that to everybody. Yeah. But then this other girl, can't remember if you saw this, but she did six babies. I saw those. Those were amazing. They're just off the charts in terms of good. Yeah. And the the example of that is, you know, if some I've had students who I had a student one time who was pregnant and she wanted to do a baby, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I let her do the baby, but the the real concern is that the baby could blow up in the kiln. Oh. You know, like when they're first learning yeah. how to do it, and I'm like, that would not be a good omen. Yeah. You know what I mean? To get, go to the yeah. kiln and your baby's all blown up, blown up. Yeah. But, but this girl um, was super talented. She's in graduate school right now in, in Kansas, <gasps> oh and my she's goodness. she's got a full ride. And we actually took her out to eat, which we shouldn't have done. Oh. Not really, but we were outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, her name is oh. Bethany Panhorst, oh, wow. and she did the six babies. So wow. most of them would do one, uh -huh. maybe. Yeah. Somebody might do two or three. Uh -huh. Nobody's going to do six. Yeah. I mean, and you saw them. They're like, they the, the way that I describe yeah. them is, and I've been doing ceramics, you know, yeah. for 40 years. You could go around the whole world uh -huh. and look at all the professional yeah. artists who have done these things. You're not going to see any that are any better. Yeah. And the same thing applies to that bad Buddha. Mm -hmm. You know, so this these are undergraduate people mm -hmm. doing this work. Um, that's you know, and this is self-serving, but you've seen them. It's true. They're mm -hmm. like, they're like fantastic. So, mm -hmm. so if they have that fire, mm -hmm. and you know, you identify that, mm -hmm. and you're encouraging, yeah. and you sort of raise the bar a little bit. Uh -huh. So over the years, yeah. like with Bad Buddha, I would mm -hmm. I would said make it this big, you know, mm -hmm. fifteen inches. And then after a while, I'd be like, make it two feet. You know, I mean, eventually yeah. you're going like with certain people, yeah. you can make it, you know, really large. So, and then the, the reason that that's so valuable, other students see that. Mm 
And they're going like, well, I guess this is what we're supposed to do, or this is what we can do. Okay. And if they never see it, oh. you know, you always have to have somebody when you're teaching mm -hmm. or a number of people who take the lead, right. who throw good pots, mm -hmm. and then everybody else, is, I'm being a little silly when I say this, they panic. <laughs> and they're like, that's the level we're working at. I felt that when I was in your class. I mean, there some of them were just, whew. So as an instructor, yeah. you're always looking for that because wow. it'll it'll raise the whole level and you know not very often but sometimes yeah. you'll have classes that the chemistry isn't quite as good or the, they aren't yeah. as good workers so that's the challenge is okay. to bring that level up so it brings up the whole level wow. so it, well it always seemed like everybody was trying to do above and beyond in your your classes that I was in. You were so nice. No, it's true. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. You're I mean, nice I, and honest. I mean, I'm like, exactly. Now, I had to ask you because you, when I visited um, your classroom, you had mentioned the traveling. That, um, you know, because your work has been in museums and galleries. Like, you know, but you are just so humble and i you know i i, well, I, I am do, so humble and I'm i google <laughs> and i'm like googling and i did see you were on the clay uh community website you know you had pieces there but how, how are the museums finding your is it just word of mouth people are just saying, because it just fascinates me like you went overseas and you traveled and you taught you've done like you know and you it's, make me sound pretty good I'm i mean it's like but, but it's you know see i would say in terms of my career yeah um my shortcoming uh -huh. has been not promoting myself that well. Okay, I'm be, I'm being honest. Oh, like okay. I'm not going to go to New York and do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's just I want to make the work. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm a what I call this sounds nutty again, but yeah. a real artist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like so I'm not yeah. trying to be a, like a rock star of art. Mm -hmm. I want to do the best work yeah. that I can possibly do, which I will always do. But like what's happened for me on a few occasions, not a bunch, but like I had a gallery in Santa Fe call me. You know, Santa Fe is like one of the main art places in the country, you know, wanting to show my work. And then a few years after that, I had a quite a prestigious gallery, well, it was very prestigious, in Chicago call me. So, you know, you, you've been yeah. in the art world long enough. Galleries don't call you. Yeah. And then I had a guy who was out living in the Santa Fe area who's mm -hmm. been a lifetime collector of ceramic sculpture who called and uh, he, talked to him, he talked to our son. This is 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And he said, is your dad, John Jensen, you know, is he the ceramic sculptor? And he had seen something online. And Evan says, Yes, and uh, he said, uh, I'll, he gave him his phone number, mm -hmm. and he said, have him call me. So I, I'm like, who is this guy? I called him, and he said, <laughs> I remember this. He said, this is the call you've been waiting for. Oh. I said, that sounds good. Okay. I said, what do you mean by that? And he's, he introduced himself. His name is Sandy Besser. Mm -hmm probably 70 at the time, and he said, I've been collecting ceramic sculpture mm -hmm. for 45 years wow. and has an extensive collection, and he's got to be extremely wealthy. And he said, my thing that I do is I kind of scour for yeah. people that I feel should have, and I'm being, I apologize for this, but he, this is what he said, 
should be internationally known and aren't necessarily there. And he said, and he said, you're that person. You're, and he said, so he said, I want to purchase a few of your pieces for, to donate to some museums or for his collection, but he, he did sure. some of both. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I said, uh, I'll send you some images. And he, he went like this, I thought it was funny. Send me some images and some prices. I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> I think he's done this yeah. before, but he didn't want to like go back and forth. Oh, you know, sure, so he yeah. bought a couple of really nice pieces yeah. and donated in Arizona at uh, Arizona mm. State University. That's one of the premier ceramic wow. schools in the country. Mm. And they have a big museum, oh, ceramics okay. museum. So okay. it's a ceramics museum. So that piece uh, that he bought was was put in there. So, you know, I'm not trying to be humble when I say this. I'm just kidding. But anytime, you know, people see the work yeah. or I'm involved in anything, people are like, shouldn't say this either, but sort of blown away. You know, I mean, really? I mean, because I am, I made a decision. We were raising kids, you know, we adopted a couple kids, yeah. teaching, doing sure. all this training, built this room, you know, wow. built my studio. I mean, there's, wow. how much can you do? And what I didn't want to do, I just don't like this kind of thing. I didn't want to go to New York and try to oh. hype myself. And, you know, I would rather be in the studio making artwork. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so, so that has been, in a sense... I don't know if it's my shortcoming or not, but I think of it kind of as it's like if I got out there mm -hmm. and more people were aware of the work. Mm -hmm. Well, I got, you know, like the last major thing from quite a while ago that I did, I was selected by this national play conference oh. to be showcased wow. as a emerging artist. So I've already emerged now. <laughs> and uh, so we went to New Orleans oh. and I gave a presentation on my work. Mm -hmm. To like about four thousand potters wow. or ceramic sculptors, yeah. amazing. And then I stopped going to this thing, oh. which was well, we had two yeah. small kids. Oh, you know, you okay. can relate to that yeah. with your son. Yeah. You're like, I mean, small. you want to go, but yeah. but then there's a part of me. I love people, and I, yeah. I'm an extrovert, but I'm also not a groupie. Oh. I don't know what I mean by that exactly, okay. but it's kind yeah. of like you know, like big organizations yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like. Yeah. I don't know. So, so that's that's kind of like one aspect of my career that I'm not sure about. Like, if a young person said to me, "Should I join these organizations and be involved, or should I not?" I would probably say, "Join them." And you know, if you can work that out, because then you get involved in the bigger, like in this case, ceramics world that people see and identify what you're doing. So, but, you know, I'd much rather, I mean, I, I just wanted to be an artist and I want to be creative. And it's like, so I do this building and, you know, even like with plants in the yard and, uh, you know, making art all the time. So. Well, they still find you. I mean, they do like find, they, they do, do they find do. you. And I think that says a lot because like some of the artists I've interviewed, they get kind of, and I'd amaze the thing like, oh, I never, you know, like I'm interning with this illustrator. He never had a website devoted to himself. He just just built a reputation yeah. over twenty plus years as somebody who 
does really good work. Is known for ma doing work on time and you know, and just being a pleasant person to work with. See, that's what I'm talking about too. And people so, want to be around you. If you if you make them feel better, mm -hmm. if you show an interest in them, a genuine interest, mm -hmm. they want to be around you. You know, we all do. If you ask questions, you know, about them, mm -hmm. we actually had some people over last night. There was one guy from France, and his wife was from mm -hmm. Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be saying this because we tried to be social distance. These are biking friends. So oh, one guy's sure. from France, one guy's mm -hmm. from Germany, um, and then we had a couple of gringos, mm -hmm. meaning guys <laughs> from the United States. And it was so interesting because one of the guys guy from France is kind of a big guy and the first time I met him I even told him this I was afraid of him because he used bad language and he was kind of like gets all riled up and stuff like that well then you start talking to him like I did last night and I told him that I sort of introduced everybody you know in the kitchen here and stuff and had a little like 20 second thing on each person so his thing was you know I was really afraid of him and then I met his wife and his wife was like the loveliest person around so I thought well he's got to be a nice guy you know so he told me uh, like last night you know he said you know why I'd come across like that he said I grew up in an abusive family where my father used to beat us and he said so it's like a lot of times that's my response to situations I don't really want it to be and I said to him I said thank you so much for sharing that because you're like you don't know. So my point with this is when we reach out, it's like, first of all, you find out everybody has this tremendously interesting life, even if they don't think they do. And then we all feel good if somebody cares about us and is interested in what's going on. And then the world just opens up when, when you do that. So uh, there's this song that Linda and I like by a guy named John Prine. Mm -hmm. And he's he just died. Um, everybody's just died, honestly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But he's a really good singer. He's kind of like a Bob Dylan, only he's funny, but also poignant. And he has this, he has this song, Hello, in there. Mm -hmm. And it's about how people walk by old people you know, like in home, a home or something like that, or anybody that's really old, mm -hmm. and they have kind of like these hollow eyes, you know, they're just mm -hmm. sitting there and sort of, not necessarily, but maybe waiting to die. Mm -hmm. And the song is about, don't just walk by, mm -hmm. you know, say hi, mm -hmm. ask how you're doing. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's one of the most important things for me in my life, mm -hmm. is to reach out, and Linda's the same way, mm -hmm to care about people, ask, and especially older people or people that are standing on the corner or out in the street want some money. And it's like, the thing I've learned with that too is, I used to judge them. I used to think, well, if I give them five bucks, they're gonna go get some drugs or beer or whatever. Now, I don't even think of it like that. I'm like, how generous can you be? No, I mean, you have to, that's gotta be, somewhat controlled because yeah. there's a lot of people yeah. but it's like when you reach out mm -hmm. makes your life better when you do good things for other people mm -hmm. makes your life better 
So people might think you're nice, but what you're really trying to do is make your life better. Exactly. I'm kind of getting No, it's true. Well, it I is think true. It, it all, is true. It all works together. It makes you feel good. I just, I find that generally, like, it just makes you feel more positive that you aren't just somebody, you know, you're doing something, contributing. Absolutely. To, to the whole, you know, to society, your little, little portion. And that's why I think I gravitated towards teaching. I always just really like, oh, I get to help people. I get to see them grow. I get to see them improve. And um, even when I was teaching elementary school, it was just so, they were just so excited. And you could, um, I don't know, I just, I, I feel like that helps your personal, just mental, your yeah, spirit. Um, so yeah, I think, and I, I've learned as you get older, like, because of people's and especially the teaching. I think the teaching really made me have a little bit more empathy for people in general because you find out about students and just their personal situations, whatever yeah. that would be. It's hard to believe sometimes. Exactly. And then it was like, oh, if that was happening to me, I'd probably be having a rough day yeah. or a rough week or a rough month. And so you just kind of go like, oh, you just yeah. never how, know. How can I help you? Yeah. You know? So Linda and I, this is the, what you just brought up is, you know, we've talked about being very serious artists, yeah. but it's, but it's very important to be contributing. So this is kind of like the theme of what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's why we both got into teaching. So I'll give you my little thing here that sort of relates to this. You know, you know, we have the landings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's gated community okay. and they have six yeah. golf courses and yeah. we ride our bikes out there all the time okay. and stuff like that. It's very safe. Yeah. But, so you have a lot of pretty well-to-do or yeah. very well-to-do people that move from New York City or Connecticut okay. and they settle at the landings mm -hmm. and a, a heavy emphasis can be on golf. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm. But you can't golf all the time. Oh, <laughs> And so with art, yeah. it's like we're very serious about art, yeah. but and we're in there, like I've already emphasized, a lot. Yeah. But what can you do for others? Mm -hmm. So if that's your, I should use this word, ilk, then teaching fits. Very important. That's why, like, when I retired, you know, just recently, I thought, yeah. I don't know if this is going to go very well oh. because I need – I just don't want to sit there. I don't care how good the artwork is. Yes. I don't want to just sit there and be kind of selfish and make art all the time. It yeah. needs to be more magnanimous mm -hmm. than that. So that's that's a thing I that we've learned. Very important the teaching component yeah. of it. Or you can't golf all the time would be another way of saying it. That's <laughs> I'm just true. Kidding. That's true. Well, you know, I and I apologize. I didn't really do the questions. <laughs> You can do it but, any way you want. We're good. But um, I wanted to make sure I do get this last question. This is basically, this was the one, and um, you probably kind of hit on some of the things sure. you probably discussed. But at, say at the end of your life, you've made all the art that you've wanted, and you've lived a full life. If there could be nothing left behind besides, say, an index card <laughs> with a note that's written with three final truths, what would they be? Well, I actually did... Um, I'll probably give you more in three. Oh, I apologize okay. for that, but <laughs> no, it, it, it'll be the it'll th like this. Um, this is I'm, I'm looking for a couple cards here because okay. these are not uh, 
this was not planned, okay? But oh, this sort of sums okay. this up. We, we, we do a lot of inspirational readings, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. daily, a couple. And then yeah. I recently got these cards. Oh. Did you give me these cards? Some yeah, you probably oh, did. But they're little inspirational cards. Yeah. So this kind of relates to the first thing I'm going to say. And uh, so the first one is a little black card with white lettering on it. It says, be kind whenever possible. And then it's always possible. So the Dalai Lama said that. And then, that's another good one. So I pull out the ones I want to have in front of me to remind okay. me of this stuff. And Linda too. Every time you smile at someone, there is an action of love, a gift to that person, a beautiful thing. Mother Teresa. <laughs> so, so the, I mean, famous people, yeah. but these are beautiful things. And I think the thing that I've identified in my life that relates yeah. to this, there's nothing, maybe there is, mm -hmm. but there's nothing more important than being kind mm -hmm. and being generous. So generous, you know, when you're able to mm -hmm. in a financial way, mm -hmm. but generous with your spirit mm -hmm. and your heart. And people know that. So, like, that to me is one of the very most important things. Another thing is mm -hmm. being loving. Mm -hmm. So genuinely working on being a loving person. So that's of other people, mm -hmm. but of your life. Yeah. Pets, the world, mm -hmm. nature. You know, having this kind of thing that this sort of spirit of appreciation and generosity and that only comes about by wanting to do it and by working at it, you know. And we all have like times where we go like, "Oh my God, what is going on here?" You know, this is this is some tough stuff. Yeah. But that's part of it, and that's what can take you to the sense of appreciation, mm -hmm. and can will. Those are the things that funnel you towards having a richer life and a better life. Mm -hmm. You know, like examples I use. I've had cancer, you know, and it it's like yeah, yeah. when you first have it, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I've lived. <laughs> and then yeah. when I was 24, I was going to travel around yeah. the world. Uh -huh. And I ended up in Egypt, you know, after about six months yeah. with hepatitis. And then I ended up in an infectious diseases hospital in Greece for like three weeks wow. by myself. And my Greek is not very good at all. In fact, oh, I can't, well, I've learned a couple words, but I can't really speak Greek. So when I was over there, at a young age, I realized I could die, and that'd be it. And my parents at that time would get a telegram saying, your son died. Sorry. <laughs> and so that was kind of a foundation for the life, whatever, that I have created most people don't have that advantage mm -hmm. you know so when you have things that happen mm -hmm. um, that are can be looked at and in a sense should be looked at yeah. as challenging or bad mm -hmm. they can be really good yeah. you know if everything goes their way that doesn't work very well so being kind and generous always doing what you can for others mm -hmm. you know and so it it's like that becomes a habit, too. And uh, I don't know if I should tell the story about Michael Terry. 
we have time for a little story? Oh, not? We're it's, uh, close? Well, I mean, it's fine. I mean, if okay. you have to. But one thing I learned yeah. that I have told the people is we had some pretty good friends that uh, this woman started Elizabeth's Restaurant, which is on 37th Street. Oh, yes. And that was like the number one mm -hmm. five-star restaurant in this area. Yeah. So this was quite a while ago. And her name was Elizabeth, and she took classes from me. And yeah. she always wore a white T-shirt and khaki pants. Mm -hmm. And they'd fly her to Paris to, for teaching, mm -hmm. teaching, you know, cooking. And, yeah. I mean, she was like a big shot. Wow. I mean, a real big shot. But you'd never know that by looking at her and she took classes from me and her husband the first time I met him I went to the restaurant I can't remember why not to eat but wow. to give her something or get something from her and you know it's a very fancy restaurant and this guy's out in the front yard and he's a little bit heavy not real heavy but he's got a long ponytail and I thought oh that Elizabeth is really something you know she hired a street person to like weed her herb garden or something mm -hmm. you know well then I found out that was her husband <laughs> and he was a Harvard educated lawyer so you look at him if he walked by and you think well maybe he's a street person <laughs> so they invited us up to Blowing Rock South Carolina which is up in the mountains like a little wow. place like Tybee but up in the mountains and this is a long time ago we had one small kid at the time so we're like, this is crazy. They're going to invite us with our two-year-old. Yeah. You know, what, you know what I'm talking about. It's like people don't like to invite. They don't want to have. They don't want to be a babysitter, understandably. But we went to this little restaurant in downtown, Blowing Rock, and they ordered cheese sandwiches. I was like, cheese sandwiches. These are like people that buy. $500 bottles of wine, you know, yeah. for the restaurant type thing. And I was like, holy smokes. And we were poor, paying off student loans and stuff mm -hmm. at the time. And so we were going to pay for the cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Just kidding. Or whatever we got. And Michael, he grabs the bill. And this just shook my world, literally, when he did this. He grabbed the bill and he said, you know, my dad, my father always told us you never quibble over a check. You always pay it. And I'm like, and he said, and, and if you do that, you'll always have plenty. Mm -hmm. And I was always concerned about money, you know, mm -hmm. for student loans. And so there are times in our lives where, mm -hmm. you know, we have to be a little bit more careful. Yeah. But I, I remember saying to Linda, I said, I guess we need to think about this. Mm -hmm. So our life has gone from... This is, you shouldn't talk like this, but whatever. Gone in the direction of whatever we can do. You know, we have a few people that we send $100 a month to, you know, that need money. And what can we do in terms of being generous? And even like, you know, after I buy, you know, I'll buy, I'll, we'll buy coffee. And people just go like, oh, no, no, don't buy me a cup of coffee. Because they're afraid they have to buy you one back. And I'll say, we're not keeping track of this kind of stuff or paying for dinner i remember going out with we had two doctor friends a male and a female and we we're over there at jalapenos and we had done some stuff for them or whatever and so you know they're both physicians i mean they got 10 times the amount of money we have and i remember we get done and they aren't going to pay for it um and so we paid for it or whatever so that was a shift 
from from guarding your money. And I have a lot of friends, quite a few friends, I'd say even a lot of friends, that are very wealthy. And the wealthier you are, the more you guard your money. So that's a stereotype. The more selfish you become. And the more selfish you become, you have to carry that with you. And the more generous you become, you get to carry that with you. So that's what is really critical. So it can be, you know, you might only be able to give a $2 tip at Starbucks yeah. for these poor people that are working really hard during this time. Or I try to give them five bucks, or I give them five bucks every time. Our son worked at Starbucks, and he said, like on the drive-thru, he said nobody gives tips. Or very, very seldom. They're very small ones. So that was a really sort of important part of my life. I know I sort of got off on a tangent there, but it kind of fits into the whole scope of life and art. And uh, and basically, I'd say, do what we can while we're here. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to make good art, yeah. have a rich life, but make it a better place mm -hmm. for ourselves and for other people. So that's, you know, art is a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, we don't need to be famous. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But what can we do for others? And at the same time, still make great art, yeah. you know. Wonderful. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. This is great because um, people think I'm probably a little kooky that I interview people that I know who are artists, creatives. But I, I, the greatest sense of comfort it's given me is like everybody's life and journey is so different. We all make something, we're all creative, but there's been highs and lows in their lives. And I feel like it makes me feel like, oh, I'm actually normal. And I'm going through what every artist does. We go through highs and lows. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, um, all the artists that I've spoke to have a positive message about what they want to leave behind to the rest of the world. I think that's really important. And so it's like, oh, maybe I'm not so kooky. Maybe I'm kind of normal for an artist, yeah. and I feel like I'm not so alone. No, and I mean, just, I know Linda agrees with this, but just being, anytime I've ever been with you, you exude that love, yeah. compassion, Kindness. That's very kind of you. I think that's overstated, but I just no, it's not overstated. I, I, yeah. Really. And 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 it's like I know that students. At least this is what I believe. They look at yeah. us, Linda and myself, and they go like, "Oh man, they just have it made." They don't realize, you know, what I had to leave my family and everything I had in Wisconsin, and I didn't really have any money. And I had to figure out how to get into graduate school and how to pay for out-of-state tuition, you know, and all the things that you're you've done and you're doing right now. You know, you're like, you have enough courage to change the course of your career. Linda did. She taught for 16 years in Memphis and was one of the top teachers. And she's like, wow. I want something different. And leaves that, gets a grad another graduate degree or second graduate wow. degree. That's amazing. And then ends up here. And wow. so I was the prize. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not the prize. That's but great. you know, having yeah. that having that courage mm -hmm. and and I'm not pandering to you at all, but you have this wonderful spirit to you. It's very appreciative and so that's why it's lovely part of the reason why it's lovely to have this talk with you.
Thank you. And I know people are going to really enjoy it because I always think like these people that I interview, they're so amazing. Like I think I'll go like they're either amazing educators, they're amazing artists, writers, whatever they've done. I'm going like that is fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, so I think thank you for sharing that. And it's so generous. And um, I uh, hope everybody really enjoyed listening. And uh, and thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure.